Welcome to episode 5 of Caravan Conversations. On today's show I'm in Melbourne, Australia and having a very real talk with a man that has had it all and lost it. Luke McNally's story epitomises the great Australian dream of success, financial independence and status. From the streets of the Gold Coast, a young bloke with a dream went on to dominate the sport nutrition sector as an athlete, a mentor and the owner of a 40-store strong retail chain, Mass Nutrition. But as the story often goes, what goes up must come down, and this year for Luke, this certainly was the case. And so, as the dust begins to settle, we get to hear and learn from someone who describes himself right now as the best he's ever been, despite the significance of these losses. And in the words of Winston Churchill, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. This podcast is proudly brought to you by PSC Cell Charge, the world's most potent fulvic mineral supplement, which simply makes you function better. For more information on Cell Charge, please visit psc.com.au. Enjoy the show, guys. All right, recording. Welcome, everyone, to this special episode of Caravan Conversations. I'm Shannon Brenton, your host and owner of PSC Supplements. Today I'm streaming to you direct from the city of Melbourne, um, from the house in fact, where today's special guest, which is Luke Mass McNally, has actually been remanded, um, <laughs> pending a uh, fairly lengthy and complex criminal investigation which started earlier this year. Um, first of all, Luke, let me welcome you to the show. And uh, secondly, mate, thanks to yourself and Evelyn for having me in your home. Um, and also, mate, for having the balls to come out and talk about what's been a difficult time for you. It's a pleasure, mate. It's uh, good to see you again. Very, been, very good. It's been a little while. Yeah, well, we're both in Bordies. It's a good sign for, <laughs> for Melbourne well, weather. But, um, it's a bit up and down down here. But anyway, mate, um, you know, where do we start? It's been a, a lengthy time, mate. Uh, I guess what I'd like to say to you is that uh, the purpose of today's podcast for me is to, uh, you know, put the naysayers to bed a little bit. Um, you know, you're a person that rocketed to some stardom, certainly in the uh, sport nutrition and, uh, and health-related industry. So people who do follow bodybuilding will know who you are and people who are involved in the uh, sports supplement world, uh, either as purchasers, retailers, wholesalers, whatever. Uh, all know who Luke McNally is, and I, and I you know, introduced you as Luke Mass McNally because Mass, of course, is the tagline or the name which uh, certainly ties you to the retail giant Mass Nutrition, which um, is and was and has been your legacy. So, um, first of all, mate, congrats on that. Well, thanks. Yeah, it was. Um, it has been a tumultuous uh, um, period of my life, but um, you know, there's looking back at. It's uh, it's hard to it's hard to say that I have a whole lot of regrets because I've ended up here. Yeah. And um, I'm happy and healthy and yeah. Um, that's the best that you know one can hope for. Yeah. And I guess on that, mate. Um, yeah. Let's start with a question. How are you? You know, emotionally, mentally. How are you doing after um, everything that's happened? <laughs> mate, I'm the best I've ever been. I've um, uh, as as you know, running a business is extremely stressful, and um, taking a step back and really doing not much at all uh, compared to what I was doing, you know, 24-7, uh, every day of the week, 365. Um, it, it's a lot It's a lot different and it's a, a really good mindset. But, um, mate, I'm hungry again, so I'm, uh, I'm ready to uh, do something. Good. So I guess, mate, look, it's always easy to, uh, you know, gain clarity in the downtime. But, you know, let's... Uh, 
Let's go back, mate. Uh, for people that don't really know who you are and they're going, look, you know, okay, this guy started these 35-odd stores. I've bought protein powder in there before. Um, tell people who you are, mate. Go back as far as we need to into your sort of late teens so we can get a bit of an idea as to where Luke exploded from. Well, I was the uh, skinny little kid at school. Um, I was a musician. I still am a musician. A music- you love your drums, right? Yeah, I love my drums, love guitar. But, um, yeah, definitely a drummer at heart, and that's... Um, that's uh, a strong passion and something that really got me through um, some tough times. But um, at the age of... I was also the kid that always wanted to be a fireman when he grew up. You know, yeah. I want to be a fireman, I want to be a fireman. And I never kind of grew out of it. So <clears throat> when I was uh, around 17, at a whopping 56 kilos... Yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, dreadlocks, piercings, you know, I was uh, a bit of a rock star. You're finding yourself. <laughs> I... Um, Got up one morning, looked at my 56 kilo body, and thought to myself, firemen don't look like this, and I'm getting ready. You know, <laughs> I'm finishing school next year, and uh, if I want to go and do the job that I want to do, then um, I better start doing something about this. So each morning I went to the gym instead of the music room, yeah, and that's where the uh, journey into bodybuilding began. I, I just never left um, once I got into the gym. What'd um, you love about it, mate? I don't know, the pump, as Arnie would say. I don't know, I just... How do you explain it? There's just, there was something about it. I loved, just, I loved being in the gym. You know, 20 kilo plates are honest. <laughs> they, yeah, true. Uh, every day of the week, they're 20 kilos. So, yep. um, but obviously, you like the personal progression. You enjoy the environment. You know, obviously, you, you like seeing the, the cause and effect, right? Lift, yeah. Lift weights, put some muscle on. Yeah, I guess when you start piling on the muscle, it's... Um, it certainly makes it a, a bit easier to uh, stick to your goals, and yeah. But uh, I, almost, I think I doubled my body weight in about three years, or two, two and a half years. Well, that wasn't hard to do. Yeah, fifty six <laughs> to one twelve. Um, and then I ended up fat. <laughs> but um, yeah, at uh, eighteen, I applied for the fire brigade. I'm, as you know, Shannon, I'm the kind of guy that when I say I'm going to do something, I've go, you know, and I, I really, I've become almost obsessive about it, so when I wanted to be the best dr- drummer, you know, I, that's all I did, when I, wanted to, yep. when I wanted to be a fireman, that's what I went for, when I wanted to be a business, I built a big business, when I wanted to be a bodybuilder, I won Mr. Australia, you know, it's always a little bit obsessive about things, but at uh, 18, you know, I went to the, um, down to the fire station and said, I want to, I want to, how do I become a fireman, and they said, oh, you know, you, you're not going to, uh, you're not going to get in, mate. Cause you need a trade, or you need to go to uni, um, you know, get some more education. And I went, no, nah, I'm going to apply. So I applied. Um, at the time, because it's, it's a invariably difficult industry to get into, right? Mate, it's a very it's a line up for years yeah, to become a fiery. It's a very popular job, and um, I think it's the fact you get what seventy five grand a year in your sleep most of your shift, <laughs> sleep and train. <laughs> That's it. Um, you know, I was also, I wasn't an academic, like, I guess I just, I just got things, like I did physics and I did chemistry, I did biology. Yeah. I never studied for an hour in my entire life. You also come from and, a good um, stock there, right? Yeah, right. yeah, my dad's very uh, intelligent, he's an engineer, my mum's very smart, you know, she's a uh, entrepreneur herself, and, um, you know, they were always pushing, well, my mum was especially pushing me into medicine or law or something like that, and... um you know, I used to <laughs> I used to just play drums and get drunk and do stupid things as a kid, and she'd always be crying and oh, you know, you got to go do this, go to you know do this, 
And then uh, I nailed my um, year 12 exams and got some really high mark without doing any study whatsoever. And I'm like, what are you going to do? And I'm well, well, just enrol me in law and music. So I got into law and music, and um, but at the same time I was uh, sneaking down to Sydney to <laughs> do my fire brigade exams. And uh, that was sort of the last straw with my mum. She was shattered because <laughs> I came home and she was, oh, well, when do you start uni? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not, mum. I'm going, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm moving out. And she cried for about three days. But, um, you know, when she finally you know, realised no, hey, fireman's a pretty noble profession. She was all you know, proud as punch. And More importantly, though, you loved it, right? And it was mate, uh, I loved it. It was they were some of the you know, best years of my life down at uh, Sydney headquarters fire station. You know, twenty five guys. <laughs> it was just a big practical joke all day. Yeah. Um, and that sort of you know that really threw me in the deep end early on. I, it's hard to say I'm matured because hanging around a whole heap of firemen, <laughs> you can't exactly <laughs> call them mature. But at times, you know when. When the shit gets real and, you know, you got your mate beside you. And yeah, the brethren kicks in. Yeah, and there's, um, you know, going to accidents and fires and there's deaths. And, mate, it's, it's, uh, it certainly does make you grow up pretty mm. quickly. So, But, um, yeah, it was extremely rewarding. But um, at the same time, um, obviously, I kept going with the gym. Um, did my first show at 19 years old, I think, as a junior. Yeah. Um, uh, from there I did, you know, as a bodybuilder I did uh, 25, 30 shows or something, won Mr Australia in 2012 or 13, um, got 10th in the universe, so I was um, not a bad bodybuilder, could have been better. And so when did the whole retail uh, passion kick in, when did you decide that owning a shop was going to be your thing? Well as a young bodybuilder, just like every young bodybuilder is, you're broke and <laughs> a scab. And tight with you know with money, you spend money on protein powder before rent. Yeah. Um, so I was looking around for a cheap. You know, I was always looking for cheap options for amino acids and things like that. Um, and at the time, there wasn't really anything in Australia, so I uh, decided I was going to. Ching. I was yeah exactly. <laughs> I was going to service that market. So Mass Nutrition was born in 2006. Yeah. Um, with three products, which I imported um, from China and packaged here. Yeah. Um, glutamine, creatine, and BCAAs, I think. Yep. Did a shitty little website myself. I'm the kind of person that has to do everything myself. Hmm. Well, not these days, but back then, you know, I did everything. So I learned how to build a website. That was dumb because it was shit. Yeah. But um, it served its purpose. Though. <laughs> yeah, not really. To a point. <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, from there, I started adding other brands, uh, Max's and Masashi and, you know, Body Science and things like that. Yeah. Um, the website grew, got an eBay store. I was basically selling things out of my garage in Redfern, down in Sydney. Um, and then I was moving back to the Gold Coast, and I was going to shut it all down. And um, I'd had enough, you know. It was, it was cool, but... It, it was a pastime. Yeah, it was a hobby. It was a pastime. Um, and a friend from school said, well, let's open a store. So in 2008, um, I, we did. Uh, the first store in Tweed Heads um, opened up. I It was opening the week that I was doing a show, which was the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> this is your excessive nature, though. It wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't have been right, mate, to, yeah. you know, to plan it and uh, open it up on a, on a holiday. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was the first store. Then we did another one in Brisbane and another one on the Sunshine Coast, 
And then I, um, you know, the brand started to get a bit of traction about it and people wanted to be a part of it. So um, I looked into uh, licensing and franchising and at the time went down the line of uh, license agreements and then just started rolling out store after store with uh, you know, people that wanted to be a part of it. I think we did two a month or something like it was like two a month for a, a year. You know, it was it went from mental th- went from three to you 30. had a lot of attraction though too didn't you? There's people out there getting your your atom molecule that's <coughs> in your brand tattooed on their bodies. Yeah, and... yeah. There's quite a few of the um the atoms going around, but um that became your trademark essentially. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I you know I incorporated it into anything that I do. Um, that's like my little Nike tick. Yeah, um, and in essence, you know, just it's just the bare bones of a of a structure of a you know of a person or, or everything you know a little carbon atom so yeah yeah, yeah. It's where it all begins and at what point did uh, formulation become part of your plan because of course you went on to uh, launch your own range yep. in the uh, in the mass range which was uh, your amenologic range which had some some great products and still has some great products that are out there on the marketplace for anyone interested. Yeah. And um, you know what what took you what tickled your fancy so to speak for formulation was it the fact you didn't like what was on the market now or the fact that <laughs> there was once again a hole. Mate, like yourself, um, you and I are both very selfish formulators. <laughs> in that we're either formulating just uh, you know to serve a market, obviously, um, or for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So for me. It, I, I started because there was nothing on the market that did what I wanted it to do, so I started putting things together myself. Yep. And then I started doing little batches of it. You yeah, know. And your mates try it out and everyone wants to buy yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it, you know, it, um, that's one thing that I do. I love to do, you know, is, is be innovative and make cutting-edge supplements. Yeah. So that, for me, became the real passion and, um, I, I call you the mad scientist behind yeah, the back, that's just so right. you know. And, and I do appreciate it about you, mate. You know, but uh, unfortunately, that uh, as much as your uh, your interest in these sorts of compounds runs one way, it's also tended to run a little bit of the pharmaceutical skew as well, <laughs> to, <laughs> to some point. And I guess what I'll do, just for the sake of time and for our listeners that are you know probably on their way to work and want to hear the whole story. Uh, I'd like to just sort of, I guess, march forward if we can, mate. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we open up a few stores. It's going well. People want to get on the mass nutrition bandwagon. You've had a really good bodybuilding career. Uh, you've, you're obviously entrepreneurial. You've got a, a love and a passion and, and a gift for formulating. So stuff's coming out really good. My point is you're hitting your heights, right? Yep. Your business kills it. You're the you know Queensland Young Entrepreneur of the Year 2014. Your, your, your business is valued, you know, sort of, you know, up high in the millions of dollars and, and everything's good and you're in you know the position of being quite revered. What the fuck happened? <laughs> a girl. You know? All right, well, tell always, us that it's story. always a girl, isn't it? <laughs> um, and when I say a girl, I'm talking about my daughter mostly, yeah. So, um, I know this is a sensitive topic for you, mate, but you know, I'm interested to hear it if you're happy to tell it. Yeah, well, as, as any bodybuilder would know, they're usually quite selfish mm. and... Um, I, and when you say selfish, you mean in time, right? Yeah. Got to train, got to eat, got to prep. Yeah, that's right. All that so, sort of stuff, yeah. You know, everything else goes on the back burner. And Anyway, I, I was married um, fairly young, and uh, we had a we had a child. Uh, I probably neglected... What's her name? My, my daughter, Belle. Yes, Belle, like, yeah. The Beauty and the Beast, Belle. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I, yeah, that's the biggest regret I have, is not giving her the time that um, I should have growing up. Yeah, and at um, you know, about the age of two, she, my ex-wife, took her overseas. Uh, she was English, so she took her back to England, 
And, uh, Which is like a knife through your heart, no doubt. Mate, look, absolutely. But, you know, there was court orders in place that I was supposed to, you know, they were supposed to be coming back once a year and I could go over there and I was, was supposed to see her on Skype every day. And, um, and for a while, you know, that, that happened. And my ex-wife and I actually had a really good relationship, I thought. Um, we were, you know, very amicable. It was very important that, to us that Belle knew that, you know, mum and daddy weren't together, but, you know, they, yeah, loved, they loved her very much and they yeah. were friends and, you know... Um, so, Mike's wife had nothing over here, so she was. She wanted. You know, she said, "Look, get I, back I to want the family and the like." Yep. And I, yeah, it was. It wasn't an ultimatum, but I thought to myself, I can either f- say no and they stay here, and then you know, Mike's wife hates my guts and makes it, you know it's just horrible. Yes. Um, or I can, you know, we can put all these court orders in place and then I'll let it go. So I did. Um, I competed over in the universe, uh, two thousand twelve. Um, and that was her second birthday. I stayed for a month, um, which was great. My ex-wife and I got on really well. You know, spent every day together with Belle, just doing things. It was, it was probably the best time of my life. And um, then I came home, and at some st- well, it wasn't long after that that all of a sudden contact stopped. Um, and I got a, I got this email that was written by. Someone, not a lawyer, it wasn't written by my ex-wife because I know how she writes, but it said things like, thanks for the money you sent, it's a rare occasion but it helps, and I was like, hang on a second, a rare occasion, there's been money going into her bank every week and a substantial amount, like I've always made sure that they were looked after, Um, and there was things in it about, you know, giving you a history of abuse and blah blah blah, just things that were completely incorrect, Um, and I was blown away and uh, at the end of the day I you know, sent, them, sent them a message what's this about what's going on and she said oh you know, we're, you're only to see Bell on Skype once a fortnight and I said absolutely not I don't agree to that and uh, after that um, there was no more contact they just turned off uh, at the time that they uh, that, that she said that she would be calling a, a, you know, a FaceTime would come through and there'd be an empty chair like and we go hello you know, there was, you know, it's, it was a really hard time. But um, and during all this, Luke, you're trying to run a company, right? Yeah, of course. You've got a, a shitload of stores. Yeah. You've got people calling you all the time. You've got supplies. You've got debtors. You've got banks. You've got all that stuff going on, right? Yeah. So there was. Uh, at the end of the day, well, you know, it sort of got back to me that my ex-wife had gotten remarried. Yeah. Um, which is great. You know, well, I, I wanted her to be happy, and I've had no dramas whatsoever and you know as any father would do he just wants to make sure that you know her partner looks after your daughter in your absence and etc cetera, etc cetera. so but from uh, what you know, what I've been told he's uh, any time my name came up he was extremely jealous and they'd have a fight and so I think she just started bagging me to him um, saying you know he doesn't pay for nothing or he's this and he's that and um, because of uh, some kind of jealousy thing I've, I've I haven't seen her again. They disappeared. So, yeah. um, so how did this affect you, and how did this change the way you started to live from that point forward? I got, I got very, 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 very depressed. Yeah. Um, and it was extremely hard for me not to show it because, as a you know, figurehead of a company, no one really knew what was. In fact, some of the shit talkers that are out there say, you know, I don't even care about my daughter, but. 
you know, they don't know what was going on <laughs> inside. Yeah. They they think that I don't care or something because I put on a persona that I don't because for the sake of a company, no one wants to see a, a weak figurehead or anything like that. So well, how hurtful are those comments? I guess coming from you know, in inverted commas, mates. Yeah, that's uh, it certainly stings, and and most of them are fathers themselves. So you think that uh, they may they know would better. know they would know better, and they would know that there's absolutely no way that a father couldn't care for his daughter. So yeah, um, did you let the company down over this time? Yeah, I, I let myself down. Uh, I, I look. I've always been a recreational drug user. I've never shied away from that as a musician. You know, yeah. But at the same time, I was also a very competitive bodybuilder. So I, um, it, there were times when I, I wouldn't use any drug for five months. Yeah. You know, and I didn't miss it. I was never an addict or anything like that. But um, what you're saying is that was controlled, obviously, in oh, yeah. relation to your your anabolic requirements. Yeah, it was for me. Just like everything that I do, everything was educated. So I, I uh, researched you know, everything that I took and the way it would affect my you know, my neurotransmitters. And you know, I just, for me, I, you know, if I wanted to party, I partied and I didn't drink. So because drinking made me feel sick for a week. Yeah. So you know, I went down other avenues, but. With uh, with what happened with you know with my daughter, and then I had a relationship break up, and then I had that partner try and take half the company, and then yeah, it was just I there was about a three month period where I um I I really lost myself you know, yeah pretty heavily um I, I got to a point where you know I just I didn't care um and you know it's. It's I I just it's sad that the people that were around me didn't rally around me, and, uh, because what's what's shit is that a lot of, is the hypocrisy that comes out of a lot of it. Yeah. Because I mean, one of the guys that you know, has been most damaging, he you know, he went to jail for bashing women. Oh, you know, I, I defended him, and another one's been in trouble for different drugs, and another one, you know. Um, OD'd in public and you know it's just it, it's the hypocrisy of it all is what st- you know that stings the most so um but yeah look I I, I let myself down I, I probably I did let the company down because they you know, it became I, I think they saw it as a little bit you know a bit of a there was a a bit of a coup or a overthrow and I was sort of pushed out yeah, um, well, it's easy, I guess, isn't it? You know well, I mean? well, yeah. When you when you give someone the ammo, yep. you know, then they hang themselves. Yeah, well, exactly. And I gave them, you know, the ammo in terms of like, oh, I was bad for business. I was bad for this. I was bad for that. And we all know that that's rubbish because, yep. you know, some of the most successful, popular, whatever people in the world, they've all got past, you know, there's been things splattered all over the news, all over the news, and <laughs> we know two other supplement companies where one one partner was in jail while the other one was out, and the other one went to jail, you know, it's just, yep. there's, I'm not trying to condone criminality or anything, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is that there's nothing that can't be you know, overcome if it's... Oh, look, let's face it, mate, you know, every, uh, you know, red-blooded Aussie, um, 
loves a bit of tall poppy syndrome. You know, people yeah. <laughs> people do love to see people fail. Unfortunately, yeah. it's the reality, and I know that hurts for people to hear. But yeah. uh, everyone loves a story, and I guess it's one of the reasons why I've got you here today because um, it's it is your story. It's personal to you, and um, the the person that I know, i.e., the Luke McNally I know, uh, is different than that. Which other people have, you know, I guess, um, spoken, criticised, hypothesised, etc. I guess one of the things I look on people's minds, um, you know, and I won't lie to you, mate. It's been something that's also been on my mind. So I'm just going to ask it from from a personal perspective, and you can answer it uh, as you as you see fit. But how does someone who is, I, I guess, before I go on, I'm just going to make a statement for people that, that don't know you as intimately as others. Um, other than being a bodybuilder, other than uh, you know running this successful company, Luke uh, has uh, helped a lot of people and I mean a lot of people as a coach in the in the fitness and wellness space so uh, originally starting out with a lot of you know training programs uh, nutritional protocols etc with the sole goal of putting on muscle and stripping body fat and getting people ready for for the stage but as you know anyone that works with people anyone that works in a clinical role will know the more time you spend working with people uh, and the more time you spend coaching people the more you become innately aware with the fact that people need more than just diet and training and you know Luke was one of those people that due to the way he researches and due to the way his mind works um, he's become very uh, well equipped to help people with other issues and special interests um, to Luke are things like you know gut brain access and gut health and you know the immune system and detoxification profiles and things that just become paramount and, and required for people as they go through these protocols so um, back to my original question for you Luke how does someone who has such a special interest in natural health natural protocols etc etc understanding um, physiology and treating appropriately how does that person when push comes to shove or just generally run down the road of you know chuck it all out the window and get on the drugs. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I've been asked that lots of times. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a million-dollar question, isn't it, literally? It's, um, I guess, I, I can't I can't explain it, but everyone has a... Everyone has a breaking point. Everyone has a point where they just don't care yep. about themselves. So while I care deeply for my clients and, you know, I shed many tears with with clients that came in that had... Know, life-altering things going on, and that was my priority. The care for myself wasn't there. Yeah. So isn't that, isn't that sad? Yeah. So, and in saying that, I did. <laughs> I did still do all the pro. Well, I did the protocols that I that I knew would help me recover from drug use. Yeah. Um, maintain my size, maintain my health. Yeah. So I, I, I still did a whole lot of, and it's the same as when you're a bodybuilder, you know, a lot of the things that you're doing are not healthy, but you try and ameliorate some of those side bad, effects. bad side effects by doing other things. Yeah. And that's basically what I was doing. What have, what have you learned from it all, mate? Let's just sit here on the, on, the, uh, on the couch. You know, you've got a beautiful partner. You live in a nice area, nice house. You're down here in Melbourne. I know you're stuck here, but it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a good place. Um, you know, you've had the chance to sit. You've had the, ch- the chance to, uh, I guess, gain clarity and, and insight. What, what's your takeaway? Because you still don't have Bell, right? And those yeah. things are still there. So what, what's the takeaway from where you've been? <laughs> I don't have Bell. I've got no money. I've, <laughs> I've uh, been banned from a whole state and uh, my business. I'm forced out of a business. It's, um, it's a very sobering position to be, to be in. Um, 
I don't like to be cynical or, you know, reflect badly on the past or, or even about, you know, people. Like, Evie often says to me, she goes, babe, I, I don't know how every day you've you know, done what you've done and, you know, you cop these hits from people, from the media, from the police, from your family, from friends, from your best friends. You know, she, I don't know how you how you go, go on and I say... Well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> what else yeah, am I going to do? Yeah, but, but she goes, you don't ever, you know... The, I, for, I don't, the I, force is strong in you, Luke. <laughs> she goes, you don't ever talk... You don't even talk badly about them. Like, you don't. You just go quiet when it comes up. I go, well... Here I am, you know, having been to the top, having been to the bottom, and you know what? For me, what I learned is something that, uh, you know, an old friend taught me... My my original mentor, a very good friend of mine, you know, and I've put it up on my Facebook as one of my life lessons, and it was this too shall pass. Yeah, you know, so beautiful statement. And that's to say that no matter where you are in life, this position is going to pass. So, and he told me when I was at the top. Yeah, you know, he said you were, you know, you built, you you scratched a living and then built an empire, yep. and then when you're at the bottom, that passed and you got to the top, and he goes. Just remember that this too shall pass, and it did. Yep. And then I came, you know, crumbling down to the the bottom of the barrel, and uh, it all I could. You know, every day I woke up and went, "This too shall pass." Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's a, something new around the corner, and it's certainly been a for me. It's been a, le- a lesson in a real lesson in uh, loyalty and friendship and mateship and who actually sees people through yep. and out of the tens of thousands of fans and followers and friends and people that were around me um, when they you know when I would help them set up stores and make their money and do all that sort of stuff I really have it, true friends in life I, I think I have about four yeah you know that haven't it, you know there's been research done <laughs> here we go <laughs> there's been research done on uh on on people's mindsets and behaviors and one of the hardest things to do is to say what you believe or say what you know is right when uh in a crowd when a crowd is saying the opposite yes and that for me has never been an, an issue I've, I've always just said what i think you know but um I know that there's been, you know, there's a lot of chat that's, and man, so so much of it has come from the media. Like the media shitstorm that came up about me was like that was the start of all a lot of issues when they said I was a bikey and I was this and oh yeah. But um, so for the record, you're not a bikey. You're not involved <laughs> with the bikies. You've never uh, been a bikey, right? Never, never have been. Never wanted to be. Don't have anything against them. I'm sure you know, I know plenty of guys that are in clubs, and as always, I treat everyone as an individual. So, if a guy's in a club, that's irrelevant to me. It's how you know how they treat me that yep. matters. But yeah, I've never never wanted to be in a gang or you know, anything. I've always just sort of rolled on my own. And but um, yeah, I like bikes. I like tattoos. And I like I, would, mu- I wouldn't have I, noticed. I like muscle, and uh, unfortunately, that seems to stereotype you as a bikey. But um, you know, for the media to say that, it's a, that's been extremely damaging. Um, 
and I've been I've been called a lot of things in the media. We won't go too much into it, but um, when uh, you know, yeah, so when a lot of when everyone's standing around saying one thing, or the media saying one thing, it's hard for people to go, "Hey, hang on a second, he's my mate. Why don't you all just shut the f- up?" Yeah, you know? but yeah. Uh, and there's been yeah, there's only been a handful of blokes that have done so, and uh, unfortunately, uh, so many that were close to me just turned, you know, turned their backs. So, Why do you uh, think that is? Tall poppy syndrome, probably. I don't know. A lot of people have this thing when they know that they that someone's done so much good for them that they can't repay it or whatever, then they just decide they'll go the other way. It's a really weird mentality. I was talking to a mate, a psychologist about it the other day and he said it's, it's really, you know, it's a very common thing. Uh, I, I don't get it. I think you need some new friends, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I've probably got four, maybe five. You know, obviously, I count you as one, Shannon. You've been so incredibly supportive. You're, you're what, uh, you know, what everyone would want in a mate in that You'll come and ask a question. Yeah. I mean, how fucking hard is it to come and ask a question? Is, did this happen? Yeah. Look me in the eyes. Did this happen? Is this happening? You know, and then do you need help? Yeah. You know? And uh, I'm an empath, mate. I guess that, that goes against me sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, in you, um, you know, I don't want this to turn into you and I telling each other how good we are. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but in you, I, I, I have seen good. And obviously I ha- I've had, um, you know, formulation uh, involvements with you and I've had, you know, chats about life and stuff with you. And, and I guess I've been there uh, with you through these hard times. Um, but I know the kind of person you are. I know you're resilient. Uh, I know what you've got to offer. And that's one of my traits that I do see the best in people. Um, and, um, you know, I guess what my question would be, mate, what would you have done different? Like now with hindsight, with the way things have turned out for you, um, you started this conversation by saying that you, you, you're in a great place. You've learned about people. You've learned about lords. You've learned about this stuff. So, you know, um, would you do anything different? Or, or, or would you do something different if you had the, the chance all over again? Like I said, I don't like to be cynical. So I don't like to say things like this. But part of the biggest lesson that I learned was people equal shit. Yeah. A lot that's, of them. That's you know? a Slipknot song, mate. It, it, it very much is. My brother, it very much yeah, is. Yeah, off Iowa. Good album. <laughs> oh, song number two. Rip it, everyone. <laughs> uh, excellent. Um, Geordie, good drummer. Oh, Amazing drummer. drummer. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Um, and, oh, yeah, as, not, as callous as this sounds, I would have kept a lot more people at arm's length. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm a very hard on my sleeve passionate you know person and uh having so many people so close and so many people on the attack just like it's it's stung and it still stings like I try very much to uh forget about a lot of it but had I not been so emotional uh, you know about a lot of the decisions that I made then I uh things would have gone a lot different yeah um I certainly Wish that I knew a lot of the things that I know now, and that I teach bodybuilders and and uh, you know the fitness industry, and that don't be a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> don't be the guy that if he meals two you know, two minutes late, you abuse your wife. Through basic be the dickhead. shit. Yeah, it? I know. <laughs> but it's somewhere. I said this to Evie the other day. It's somewhere in the rule book that if you're a bodybuilder, you've got to be a wanker on yeah. uh, especially on you know, competition day, and you've got to be rude to people. And, 
I became the best bodybuilder that I ever was when I actually let it go of all that stuff and just got real relaxed about it. Yeah. And um, let your body do the talk. Yeah. And look, I I had uh, I've got nothing bad to say about my previous, you know, my past partners. You know, they were all great, great girls, and uh, I was pretty shit to them. <laughs> so yeah. A lot of my stresses came sorry, from... Sorry, ladies. Sorry, ladies. A lot of my stresses came from the fact that I was just a dickhead. I was an asshole. I was selfish. I was... Yeah. Um, How old are you now, Luke? 32. Yeah. Yeah. You're a baby, mate. You've still got lots of time. Yeah, you can make up for these losses. Yeah, so... Uh, for me, I, you know, I caused a lot of my own stress. Had I been more relaxed in my family life... I probably wouldn't have got divorced, and I probably would have lost Spell, and I probably, you know, yeah. wouldn't have had a partner in so much angst that they wanted to take half the company and things like that. So, yeah, that the way that I, you know, treat people is very different to how I used to, and not to say, and that, and that was the people that were really close to me, like everyone else, clients and you know, store owners and fans and whatever. Like I'm always respectful. It's one thing that people will, I hope, say about me, and and that's that um, most people you know, think I'll be an arrogant asshole yeah. until they speak to me, and then they realise I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty calm and chilled, and you know, I'll talk to anyone. Yeah, I know the uh, I know the the, uh, the court hearings and whatnot. Um, you've been through some of those. There's been adjournments, and uh, you're not not at the end of it yet. And out of respect for yourself and you know lawyers and uh, you know judicial people involved, uh, I know that we can't discuss uh, a lot of the things around that. And in which case, we won't. But um, you know, where to next, Luke? As the dust settles, you know things start to calm down. The waters aren't so muddy. Um, what are your intentions? You said at the beginning of this podcast, you're hungry, you're passionate, you're chomping at the bit to sort of sink your teeth into things. Uh, what can people expect from uh, Mass McNally? Are you going to continue um, consulting? Are you going to continue lecturing? Are you going to continue formulating? Well, I had, um, I had court the other day, actually, uh, and just like 99% of the charges, 99% of the shit that's been said about me, um, a lot of good came out. Like, I can give this example because it's happened now, but, you know, when they when they raided my gym, they they picked up... As you, as you know, as a formulator, you've always got powders and everything sitting around, so, you know, straight away you get, they go, oh, this is whatever, cocaine, whatever, and they take it, and then analysis comes back, oh, it's creatine. <laughs> They took um, oh, I they, love it. they took a empty. In the eyes of the public, they made it was cocaine, and there was nine kilos of it. Well, that's the thing, and then it goes through the media, and they use that beautiful little word, alleged. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I allege that you're a massive drug fiend. Yeah, guilty until proven yeah. otherwise. And uh, unfortunately, you can say anything with alleged. Yeah. So I mean, so when I went up for court last time, they took like a uh, a water bottle that was sitting by my bed that was a litre full and they charged me with a commercial quantity of uh, GHB. Yep. Um, obviously that came back as water because it was and uh, a lot of my, um, some of my bail conditions were changed so I'm allowed to go back to Queensland for business now. Yep. So, which is great because our, our legal system, this one doesn't make sense to me. They charge me with all these things and then they, you know, they say, oh, you've got to rehabilitate and 
get back to society, but you're banned from your place where you've lived for 27 years. You're banned <laughs> from your your gym. You're banned from your business. Yeah. Wouldn't that push someone so into you crime? Back, you can get back to life, but you can't get back to the one you once knew. Yeah, well, they take away you know, everything that was... every A lot of avenues for ma- making a living were taken away from me. You know? that, to me, that would just push someone into crime you know, in my head. But yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I've been down here and... I've been coaching and I'm still formulating. I'm like a, I'm like that, you know, the guy that does fake bets on uh, on um, poker and things like that. Like I'm just doing uh, fake formulations because they're not, you know, but uh, they're not going to be products yet. yet. But um, yeah. yeah, it's what I love to do, and I'm allowed back in Queensland now, so uh, I've still got my gym up there, and I very much want to uh, get the RTO going. So. You know, <laughs> I get asked still daily by people, well, do you have a certification? Where can yeah. I learn your stuff? Yeah. So we'll do a Cert 3 and a Cert 4, which is you know fairly standard, but uh, I want to do a lot of courses, like CEC courses and stuff, and you and I have spoken about this, and yeah. um, uh, I've got tremendous respect for you, Shannon, in that I, after what I've been through, I, was, <laughs> I said, I'm never going into business with someone again. Um. But the moment that I met you, I, I really, we really hit it off um, on a personal level, but also on a, you know, on a professional level. You're someone that are, that I respect, and you're someone that knows a hell of a lot. So we've actually been in uh, discussions about maybe doing something together, which is uh, really exciting to me. I probably speak to Evie about it on a daily basis. Um, then I know you're travelling around Australia at the moment, and. Uh, that uh, things are starting to line up, and you know the stars are going to align, and I think we might uh, we might be able to Formulate start working. Some cool shit, yeah. Re- <laughs> re-emerge and explode back onto the market with uh, innovative and cutting-edge supplements to help people. That's what it, uh, that's what I love to do, mate. Like when you look at the career choices and stuff that I made as a farmer, I wanted to help people with the mass. With uh, mass, I wanted to help people. For me, the most rewarding thing was hearing about how something changed someone's life. Yeah. Um, and that's why I, I moved away from bodybuilders and went into general health and uh, yeah. you know, people with uh, serious conditions because I just found it so rewarding when, uh, when people... Well, how can it be any more flattering than when someone says, you know... For example, a girl that had endometriosis so bad that she, for seven seven days a month she was crippled in bed in pain mm. in bed couldn't go to work couldn't do anything and um, you know knowing what we know I, you know helped her out and uh, changed her life and she came to me crying and she got the tattoo on her you know it's uh, for me I'm not saying it's not rewarding if they don't get a tattoo but for me just <laughs> the fact that they've you know, so much appreciation for life and for the way the things that you've done for them and that's what that's what I want to continue doing um, and where did this interest come from because it's a long way from bodybuilding right it's a long way from the skinny you know 56 kilo <laughs> ring of wet kid back there that opened his first shot and imported stuff from China and packed it down in tweed heads so how do we how do we get from that to the endometriosis was it the fact I'm just going to put words in your mouth here <laughs> I'm thinking I might know where it came from but has this come from a place where, um, you know, people were sort of entrusting um, themselves to you to get them ready for shows and the like? And you've worked with some big names. You've worked with some really, you know, uh, high up there people. Mm. And obviously working with a lot of women. Women do menstruate. And, you know, a lot well, of... Well, they should. <laughs> and, well, they should. And that's another topic of conversation. But 
but uh, you know, at some point, of course, we generally would tend to have this run of conversation with them and she told you about her endometriosis, I'd imagine, and you, know, you want to help her out. Is this how it runs? Where where'd the interest come from to get outside of the physique world? This is how it happened. I originally started uh, working with you know, bodybuilders, did one show, did one diet, then decided I was an internet guru, um, just like so many of them out there. Um, and I, you know, I've got people in shape, and as always, uh, I'm a mad scholar, so research, 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 and always looking at how to do things better. And um, I worked with a lot of women, and just inherently, you know, women are just so much more susceptible to issues uh, when put in caloric restriction and under so much stress and things like that. So they're more likely to talk about it. Yeah. So I, I, I really started to look at ways to. You know, fix that. Um, from there, I became the go-to guy for women that had been to another internet guru and had been ruined. Yeah, um, as the one to fix them, and then but you coach under Charles Poliquin as well. And yep. Some of these guys, right? Who's a, I know is a personal friend of yours. Yep. Um, so I guess that uh, that training obviously increases the tangibility and the I guess the the holism, the mindset of holism. Yeah, Charles. Charles was certainly my introduction into holist- looking holistically at, uh, at physiology. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so from there it was uh, troubleshooting for women that had those sorts of issues coming from shows, and then um, you know that would translate into because they had the same issues, you know, metabolic conditions and um, hormonal balancing and digestive health, and yep. so that just transitioned into general health and yep. general pop and. That's it. So what sort of people contact you now on a sort of daily or weekly basis? What are people coming to you for most of the time now? Um, yeah, I've done a lot of seminars and um, you know, discussions on detoxification and digestive health and things like that. So it's, I do a lot of consulting for that, yep. those sorts of issues, yeah. And do you like that more than the far physique more. world? Yeah, far more. Yeah. <laughs> you can get someone from terrible shape into into shape that you know wins them a second place in the Olympia. And because they got second, you're the worst coach in the world. Yeah, I hear that from. <laughs> so, a, I hear that from heaps of you guys at the top of the the uh, tree, in you know that sort of you know uh, IFBB world, let's say you know where you have got these people. Exactly right. I hear that all the time, mate. Yeah. I mean, and unfortunately, and look, I'm, I I can say this because I've been one. <laughs> um, they're full of their own self-importance and think that the whole world revolves around them, and actually, no one really knows who they are. Yeah. No one cares, but to them, you know, it's a very narcissistic world. So for, it's just very different helping someone that's on the edge of life and death and, or, you know, some serious things, the things that really affect their life, not the fact that they're eating a little bit under maintenance calories and dropping body fat. Yeah. And they, you know, <laughs> come on. I'd be interested in doing another uh, another podcast with you maybe uh, about that sort of post-comp debacle that goes on you know the metabolic dysfunction and damage that happens and you know the psycho-emotional components with women afterwards who have a difficult time readjusting back in a you know normal sort of caloric surplus yeah. so many of them drop off you know so many fantastic looking women on stage you just never hear from them again because they they don't get taught and i hate that word metabolic damage <laughs> i hate it because <laughs> you know, it's not damaged it's just adapted yeah it's right know. of course so, it is it, all that has to happen is it just has to adapt back. Yeah. You know, feast and famine. We've been doing it for millions of years. That's right. Um, so, yeah, but they don't learn this. 
I don't know many coaches that do a, you know, after comp care or, you know, things like that. So, mm. um, yeah, we'll definitely have to do a show on it for sure. Speaking about care, mate, it's uh, it's music to my ears to know that you're caring about yourself now. I think that's probably one of the big takeaways from today that uh, your lack of self-care landed you in the position you were in and affected the business and your relationship with others. Um, good on you, mate, for taking personal responsibility. Um, I wish you all you know the best, mate. I really do. And uh, as that dust settles, we'll we'll see what evolves in the world of uh, you know uh, constructed formulations mm. and whatnot together. It's very exciting. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Luke McNally. Uh, Luke, how can people uh, contact you, mate, if they want to uh, hear more from you or maybe discuss uh, some of their personal details with you? Uh, LukeMcNally.com or head to my Facebook, Luke McNally Next Level Coaching. Yeah, um, There's you know, ways to contact me through there. Yeah, you Google him, you'll find him. Yeah, <laughs> don't read too much of the Google. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luke, good on you, buddy. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you love the show. Um, please feel free to leave any comments in the show notes section, and we'll see you next week on Caravan Conversations, proudly brought to you by PSC Supplements. Have a great day.